When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. As a closer, we're given the most important opportunity for our team. Finish the game and secure the victory. The greatest closers in baseball are wired differently. Our heart rate stays level when the crowd noise decibels are booming. Our adrenaline pumps only when we need that extra edge. The game's greatest closers, you don't need to see the back of their jersey to know the name. Their presence is steady, their presence is dominating, their presence is defining. Our existence isn't defined by analytics or matchups. We strike fear in opposing lineups when we begin our jog out from the bullpen. Josh Hader defines the modern closer with his style, stuff, and toughness. He's been an all-star five times in seven years. He's the all-time major league leader in K for nine. He's the all-time major league leader in opponent's batting average. He's quite literally the hardest pitcher to hit in baseball history. There's a reason he's won my award three times. On behalf of all closers who have come before us, the next generation of greatness there you have it the first sign that the offseason is upon us a hype video a hype video for impending free agent trevor hoffman doing the narration for josh Hader. it's a good one and by the way speaking of good ones this podcast heading into the offseason speaking of the free agency speaking of hype videos speaking of josh Hader, who has been on the program all of it, it's going to be a good time. At BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring. Twitter account, Instagram account. Big news coming up. A lot of stuff going on. Also, fanduel.com slash boring. They have the odds 
for each team winning the World Series heading into 2024. We're going to break that down. Our good friend Ed Hand, our good friend Tim Britton of The Athletic, who set the prices on these free agencies. They're all coming up soon in coming episodes. But today, we reflect on the press conference of the day. And the press conference of the day was new chief baseball officer for the Boston Red Sox, Craig Breslow. So, what are we doing? How are we picking this apart? A lot of words being said at the press conference. A lot of words. A lot of big words, too. But still, there are things to pick through, things to glean. And what I wanted to focus on a little bit was when all these teams are talking about guys like Yamamoto, guys like Otani, whoever it is, I mean, you have to lure their in. You have to have the money. You have to have the willingness And then they have to have the willingness to go to your place. All of that, I think, falls under the umbrella of the curiosity when it comes to the Red Sox. Because Craig Breslow could be sitting there. He's coming in for Bloom, And he's obviously a very intelligent guy. I've known Craig for a long time. Very intelligent guy. I think really, really important. He's going to listen. He's going to listen to a lot of people. He's going to soak it all in. He's going to try to implement his experiences from Chicago. But also, we have to know how is he going to approach what we had wondering if the Red Sox were going to approach in the last few years, which is aggressiveness. Are you going to be aggressive when it comes to trades? Are you going to be aggressive when it comes to free agency? That's what we want to know. So I sat down with team president Sam Kennedy for a bit to talk about not only to talk about the process of using alumni and the alumni like Pedroia and Ortiz and uh, Brock Holt Brock Holt congratulations you are almost in the in the front office because of this podcast but not only because of that but you know I also want to talk about Sam Kennedy about exactly what we're talking about which is can you get these people here? Boston isn't what it is was perceived as before. It just isn't. So can you lure these people in? Because I know what those alumni are saying, as I say on this interview. I know what they're saying. They're saying, where are all the stars? Where are all the guys like us? That's what they're saying when they're being consulted during the process of finding Craig Breslow. So after Sam Kennedy, I talked to Tom Warner with some other reporters Tom Warner, the chairman for the Red Sox, and he also goes into the the process of hiring their new chief chief baseball officer. All right, anytime you get the higher ups, the executives, the 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 people who are pulling the strings on the podcast, it's an interesting time. So that's what we did today. Like I said, we're gonna have a ton of stuff coming up on free agency, on the offseason, all kinds of stuff. And, by the way, GM meetings. GM meetings start on uh, well Monday, Tuesday. We'll have baseballs and boring boots on the ground in Scottsdale for the GM meeting. So while we talk to you executives today, we're going to be talking to a whole new group of GMs. Some have been on, some who haven't been on. And we'll find out from Mike Hazen if his retirement is a mad dog retirement or a real retirement. Remember, said if they lost the World Series, he was retiring from the Baseballs and Boring podcast. We'll see. We'll find out next week. A lot to find out. But today, let, let me uh, give you 
First, Sam Kennedy. For this, I we I, I we hear about the frustration about oh, it's not like it used to be. It's not like it used to be. Yeah. Was that your takeaway? What was your takeaway when you consulted with them? Yeah, we we uh, pride ourselves on a very uh, tight relationship with our alums, especially ones that have played here the last two and a half decades. I think Pam Ken is basically a family member of every single one of them. Um, and you know, I, it's it's obviously been a really tough time with the passing of Wake. But Wake, Wake and I actually spent a lot of time over the last two years talking about the fact that not 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 giving anyone not not blaming anyone, but saying you know he his feeling is that we've lost a little bit of identity with respect to championship caliber and, and the focus on the types of players that we bring in. Um, and again, that was I think more of a a criticism on all of us uh, and just very honest assessment um, and sort of that those conversations because Wake spent a lot of nights in the suite uh, with us led to more discussions with PD and um, David and, and, and Pedro and Brock Holt and just guys that you know I really trust and value their judgment and not that they were going to hand pick or hand select uh, a, a, man, a general manager but really prioritizing um, in the candidate pool someone who could really understand what goes into um, being in that clubhouse night in and night out um, and when we identified Brez it was like wow if, if he certainly checks that box and we needed to really dig in on the rest of it you know is he uh, qualified and able to lead the front office and and handle all that goes into leading a baseball operations department um, and we be, became convinced that he was the right guy so the fact that he had that playing experience was huge and the in, input from the alums was was really important uh, during this, this process and we haven't we haven't had such a robust process in the past uh, so you haven't done something like that we have no. not we have not done uh, we have not conducted a search process for a head of baseball operations like this one. Yeah. It was the most intense seven weeks of my Red Sox career. It was, yeah. you, you can ask my wife, I mean, every single night, hours and hours and hours of phone calls. You know, one piece of advice we got from the commissioner's office was don't just call other team owners or team presidents, you know, Sam, your counterparts. Really talk to players, talk to people that have worked for these candidates. Uh, talk to people who have interacted with them in different ways other than just the people who are the leaders of the organizations and I think that was really good advice so we did a lot of digging uh, on a lot of people because um, we thought that was important to the process the you know and one of the things I'm sure that they say because players are reactionary whether they're playing now or just playing is that like we got to be aggressive we got to be aggressive we have to go and you know listen I mean this is part of the narrative right it's like, like were they were the Red Sox aggressive enough trades and we understand we talk about star power or whatever it is but this is you know Craig's a thoughtful guy but also part of this equation I was wondering was say okay are we going to be a tad at least a tad more aggressive when it comes to trades when it comes to not having to win every trade by 80 percent um you know free agency well there's some big names which you know i'm sure you want to identify but yeah yeah i mean look i think you heard today we're going to be relentless in all of those areas because um he knows we know 
what what that winning feeling is and what it's all about and um, we have to get that back now does that mean and again I'm, it's easy to be optimistic it's his first day like I, I said it <laughs> optimism's not gonna gonna get us there what we need to do is go do the work and there's always there's always some constraints right we're gonna have some constraints we have but we have incredible resources there's been a lot of talk about what we've spent it I think the bigger question the more important question is have we properly allocated those resources that's on us uh, ownership gives us the resources we need to allocate those resources properly in terms of major league payroll scouting player development analytics research and development medical um, our overall spending is near the very top of major league baseball our overall baseball operations expenses so I think Brez needs to come in and do a full audit of how we're allocating those resources and are we using those dollars properly that's something that you know we perhaps haven't done a good enough job of communicating to the marketplace uh, with all this a focus on major league payroll i mean if you stack up the red sox against every other team in major league baseball we'd be in the top five of total spend and again it's on us to allocate those dollars properly but that's why we always say that that ownership has provided us the resources um we just now have to go out and deliver the the, in, the, in your press conference after the season, you said, listen, I'm paraphrasing, but hey, listen, if, if they don't understand how good this job is, then we don't want them. Yeah. But I'm moving on from that because the question has asked a million times about you know, turning it down, who wants it, who want, doesn't want it, whatever. Now we turn to recruiting something else, yeah. right? And this is, this maybe look a little bit different than, say, this to say, when you had the shirts made up for Shohei Itani, Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, whatever, because because you know you were coming off of wins and winning seasons and everything. Now it's it's you're competing against other teams who have merged, other markets that have merged, and you guys. I mean, this just be honest. Like the Red Sox brand has taken a hit over the last couple of years. How do you see going in to compete when selling the Red Sox to some of the bigger names? We have to do a better job. I mean, we do, and we have to use all good. good uh, Good organizations use all their resources. And to have a, a chief baseball officer who's hoisted that trophy is big. To have a World Series winning manager, uh, someone who's, who's won it in Boston, knows what it takes. Owners who have won and want to uh, get that get that uh, championship feeling back here. We have to use all of our resources. And we, and we have to make sure that whoever we're targeting in free agency um, understand that, that we're about winning. Um, and again, it's, right now it's a lot of talk. Uh, we have had a couple of difficult seasons, but we've also been here long enough to know that things can be turned around and relatively quickly. Now, we're not going to do something totally irresponsible. Uh, we're not going to go out and you know sign ten free agents. Right. Um, we're just not. Are, are we going to go out and improve the club? And as Brez said, do it you know with a focus on trade opportunities. Being aggressive in that, developing development opportunities to optimize for player performance at the big league level. Yes, um, we, we're going to explore all all areas. But I do think there's a there's a bit of a chip on our shoulder, um, given that we've struggled uh, the last couple of years. And and I meant it when I said it. If if you don't want to if you don't want to work 
in Boston in the top job, um, it's good to know that up front because this job is not for everybody. Um, this market is not for everybody. It's for us. It's for me. I love it here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in baseball, anywhere else in sports. Craig Breslow uh, knows what it takes, um, and there were many, many people, trust me, who were very interested in this job, but we also understand the job is not for everybody, and that's fine. Sort of like as a player, it, it, you better want to come to Boston. There's, uh, this is the best place in, in all baseball because there's nothing like winning here. But the opposite side of that coin is it's hard to lose here. It, yeah. it sucks to lose here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, interesting stuff from Sam. Now, we all gathered around Tom Warner. In case you don't know, Tom Warner is chairman of the Red Sox. And other than Sam Kennedy, he's sort of the spokesman for ownership. Doesn't talk to the media as much as Sam. But when there's big events, usually he's going to be there. John Henry, the principal owner, he was there. But when asked by Baseballs and Boring, do you have a minute? said, no, thank you. And then he... said no well whatever he said to everybody else he didn't do any interviews yesterday just walked out but he was there at the press conference for breslow but tom warner did answer the till the very last question so that's what we want to play for you give you that give you more perspective of what's going down when it comes to the red sox front office heading into the offseason so all good stuff here you go, Tom Warner. I guess to start, can you talk about kind of how, obviously you guys knew Craig is a player. Um, at, at what point did you start engaging with him in this process? Well, I can't remember dates, but I mean, there was, we, we did feel a sense of urgency because the general, general manager meetings are coming up and the winter meetings. But at the same time, you know, we didn't feel like you have to do this by a certain date. Um, as, Sam, as Sam said, Sam was really in charge of, of sort of vetting a number of candidates. And he talked to at least a dozen people who were potential candidates, and he narrowed it down. And then, obviously, at some point later in the process, uh, Mike and John and I met with Craig. But um, I would say that, um, you know, I know, contrary to some reports, there were a lot of, of people that were uh, very... Uh, Talented, but they didn't rise to the level of Craig. Um, so, along those lines, uh, it was obviously widely documented that there were people who declined the opportunity to pursue the job. Um, were you surprised by that aspect of the search? And you know, and through the process, you know, as as was discussed at the start of the process, this was a learning opportunity for the Red Sox. What what did you find out about the Red Sox through the search process? I think a lot's been made out of a number of people who declined, but, you know, in any extensive search, you're going to talk to people who either are, you know, busy doing what they're doing or feel that uh, timing isn't right. Um, what, what, what was important to us, and I think Craig articulated, is that we, we, we're all accountable. I mean, when, when we know as well as anybody is, as fans, as stewards, that um, we are not satisfied with our performance the last few years. Uh, we felt that Craig was not only talking about the, the theme of being a consistent winner, but that he has a vision of how we can execute a plan in, a, in an expeditious way. I mean, he's talked a little bit, obviously, about his experience in pitching, but he had very specific ideas about how to not just acquire new pitching, which of course is important, but how to develop the pitching that we have in our system and make them excellent. 
along the lines of expeditious, um, you know, if, if you guys also talk about consistency, those two things can be uh, can sometimes be in conflict with each other. Uh, is it realistic now that you have your chief baseball officer to think that 2024 should be a postseason year for the Red Sox? Well, I'd rather underperform and overdeliver than than say, you know, we expect to be back. We we had a team that underperformed uh, in 2023. Um, I think for a while we had high expectations of getting the postseason, and, and we didn't fulfill our own expectations. Um, I think we have a core of really good players, and there's ways to going back to what Craig said. There's ways to improve our staff in a way that uh, will get them to perform at a, a competitive level. I also wondered up with the word expeditiously. Is there any timetable that he gave? Well, what did he say about how quickly things can turn around? Because you said... Well, we, we didn't... I mean, I don't think I remember us saying to him, you know... You know, can we get to the World Series, you know, quickly? I mean, obviously, we're in a very competitive division. But he, um, there are, uh, you know, there are players on our team that, you know, some of them were not as healthy as they should have been this year. You know, Whitlock, you know, um, Cutter Crawford had an excellent second half. There are, there are a lot of great pieces that we have. I don't want to sort of think that, you know, we're, we're going to be uncompetitive because we, we can be competitive next year. So what do you what do you think what do you want the shift to be? Obviously coming from what Heim, the approach that Heim had to the approach that you think Craig is gonna take. You know we all we all underperformed last year. You know, we didn't expect to finish last. Um, I think that we identified a need. Uh, Craig is, you know, de- you know, defense was was not. I think we had more errors than any team in baseball. That that is something that hopefully you can improve on. I mean, going to another topic beside pitching, but we have a need for for uh, our position players to play better defense. We have a, a need for you know stronger. Uh, you know, have pitchers go further. I think we were one of the weaker teams in terms of the uh, ability to pitch past the fifth inning. So these are these are needs that we need to address. A lot of what he talked about today, broad strokes, sound very similar to what Heim talked about four years ago. How do you see them as significantly different? How, is he significantly different I, in your mind than the way Heim approached I, I, I really don't. I mean, I I don't want to say much about the, the the comparison. I and it was a very difficult decision to to move on from from Heim and a very talented person in the system is much stronger than the one he inherited but you know I think that Craig has certain assets that we all have seen today that make him uh, you know the person to help us go forward it's fair to say Tom that uh, looking for somebody who might be more decisive um, was a key part of this search and did Craig convince you that he had that quality that's a tough question. Uh, more decisive. Um, I mean, Craig uh, articulated today that he needs to make bold decisions, and he will have the support of, of ownership to make those decisions. Uh, on the topic of support of ownership, throughout this ownership, you have traditionally been a top five payroll team. That wasn't close to being the case this past year. Can you say to fans that that was something of an aberration and that you will again be among the top handful of payrolls and 
spending this coming year um, and in the future? Uh, w- what I will say is that uh, some years we've been below the CBT, some years we've been above the CBT. Um, it is important for us to make decisions that will not be just effective in 2024, but past 2024. So those are the decisions that will drive us. I think that the uh, inconsistency that we had can be helped a lot by you know, making, as Craig said, decisions that include going after uh, expensive free agents, but, you know, they're just as important to develop a minor league system that, you know, produces the kind of talent that makes you consistently win. Is now the right time in your mind to spend, or does the team need to get a little closer with the young players? We, we know that we have to be competitive next year, so we, we don't have, we're, we're going to be competitive next year. So you're not waiting for, you know, the younger guys to get a little closer and the team to be, you know, sort of I mean, levels. I mean, you know that, that we're, we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be full throttle in every possible way. He was asked about star power, the importance of star power. You've been here a long time. You've seen what David Ortiz meant to the franchise, what Pedro meant to the franchise. In your mind, especially as someone with the TV side of things, do you need those players? Have you come to... I guess realize that those players are important you can, you, part of selling. Well, the you, team. I think you need you need great players. Um, it's not about selling the team; it's about uh, having great players. And, and generally, you know, you need players who have high war to 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 be uh, a winner. Um, we have, you know, Rafi Devers is a is a star that will be with us for a long time. But we need to complement him with other talent. And, you know, one of the great players of this last uh, postseason was Garcia, right? <laughs> Who was like, what was he, uh, designated for assignment by two different clubs? So, you know, I sometimes say that, you know, ba- baseball is somewhat confounding. But obviously, when you look back, you need to have stars. Uh, towards that end, you know, the rotation is, you know, is being presented as an obvious area to address. Um, do you expect to be active um, in in terms of top of the rotation options uh, this coming offseason? Like when Dave came on, he said, you know, we we have a need for a number one, and you guys spent two hundred ten million, two hundred seventeen million dollars to get one. Is is there a similar sense of that there needs to be? Well, let me just say, we we don't have any built-in restrictions. You you had consulted with alumni. What was your takeaway from what they were saying to you? Well, Sam had the most direct conversations. I had the very superficial ones. But we were we were delighted that uh, Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz, John Lester, Shane Victorino, they all talked about how they would be excited to have have. Uh, Craig be our general manager. That they didn't talk to, they didn't talk to us as much about, you know, what a great player he was and what a great teammate, as that he has the, t- the talent and the upside to be a great general manager. 